0: All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Action For Everyone for this here, May 15th, 2022. I am, as always, your host, Mike Scott. I am joined by the uh, inimitable, the undefeatable Vice Victus. Vice, how are you
1: today? I don't know about that. I mean, I'm, I'm doing all right. <laughs> right here, my, uh, I just have a big um, uh, one-year-old birthday party last night. So, you know, one baby plus like a bunch of drunk, like 30, 40-year-olds, <laughs> which the baby We'll never remember. But again, it's not for the babies, it's for the people getting drunk. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, having um, a good moment of solid celebration amidst the world on fire, which is, you know, that's, that's how we gotta do it. We'll, we'll get into that in a minute. But no, otherwise, doing all right, man. Doing good. Good to see you again.
0: <laughs> and always joined by uh, somebody who has uh we'll start off with a good bit of news before we get into some bad news. Somebody who has a pretty big announcement that hit this week. Liam O'Donnell, how are you today?
2: Oh yeah, I'm doing good. I spent such a crazy week. Almost forgot about that. It was that back like on Tuesday or whatever? Um, that uh, Screen Media is uh, is is gonna you know do in foresight are doing the sales and help them put together Skyline Four, aka Skyline Radial. No colon in between. I had to specifically write in a full email to everyone. Stop putting the colon. <laughs> between skyline and Radial, it's just not the naming convention of the franchise uh so um yeah no i'm excited about that it's 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 interesting because you know um we've been you know i i if you guys have been following me on twitter i I wrote that script um last year It, it was like on and off for i don't know six or eight months uh finishing a draft in august and it's kind of coinciding with some of the stuff that everyone's hearing now that like the streaming business is changing. They're not going to be greenlighting as many things. Something that I thought was going to be a go picture, you know, in August is suddenly, nope, there was it, everything felt like it dried up. Uh, so producer Matthew Chaus, uh, ever the resourceful uh, guy, you know, we uh, I, made, I made this tiny movie portals of screen media in 2019 and had a great relationship with some of the people over there like Seth and, uh, and then there's a newer exec, Connor, who's a huge Skyline fan. And uh, and so they, they just reached out about wanting to do a movie together. And I thought, well, I have this script. What do you guys think of this? And um, Connor, to his credit, he actually watched all three movies that weekend, then read the script, which is uh, like a lot to ask for in this business. People generally don't even read anything, let alone watch three movies and then read a script. And uh, And he was like, uh, super pumped about it, and so that that was uh, that was a great feeling, and it's just been something that the you know the Matthew and them have been going back and forth for a few months. So I didn't know when necessarily the announcement that it was going to be this soon, uh, because we still have a lot to to line up and put together on that one, and and there's still some other movies that um, were uh, on the schedule. Wise, I mean, this is the weird thing about being an indie director is that like you you generally like nothing is nailed down in your life and your children and your wife are constantly annoyed that, uh, well, can we go do that vacation? I don't know, I might be gone. And like your parents, can we come visit? I don't know, I might be gone. So we'll see what happens within the next uh, month and a couple other movies that are are lining up. But uh, all in all, was completely overjoyed uh, by the response of this. And it was uh, a marked uh, change over the course of this franchise from the first time beyond Skyler was announced, people were like, what the fuck to then, they made another one with the third one uh, and to have it just generally people be like, Oh, this is great. I'm into it. Um, I don't know. It's like, yeah, yeah I, I feel like I, I could have died the villain a long time ago, but I lived long enough to become the hero. So it's the opposite. Christopher Nolan was wrong.
1: Ooh. <laughs> Fucking poetry. <laughs> well, I, I gotta say like, um, I know that well one if i have not if i haven't mentioned this enough i should keep saying it every now and then take a little smoke up your ass so you remember me in the credits uh thank you for like having me specifically join you on this podcast adventure because i know that uh, well at least in some regard part of it was like you know like uh, get some heat going for uh for your future projects so i'm just going to assume no in my head it is us three that made this happen. <laughs> like, not any business stuff. Like it is actually for everyone that made Skylar Square happen. We're gonna put that on the fucking. I'm gonna tweet that actually. <laughs> I mean, Actually, my, I think Mike favorite. Mike, and
2: I are openly always just trying to
0: draft off of Vice's heat. I mean, that is just uh... 100. I don't know if you guys saw my my tweet where I said if we were the shield, Vice <laughs> is early Roman for his one punch prowess and Liam, you're uh, your mocks because you're clearly a lunatic. And then I'm sad just riding the coattails of smarter, more talented people all the way, all the way to the belt, baby, all the way to the belt. Just pedigreeing people. I don't even have my own finishing move. I just stole it. And uh, Just kidding. Love, love, <laughs> Nothing but love to him. And don't want Becky Lynch to come and beat me up. But, uh, yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but no, um, But Well, I would say like, uh, I, well, I mean, I feel that in spirit that we, we cause this, but of course, you know, it is due to, of course, your long years of hard work and, you know, getting, trying to be in the trenches of the film business. So, so sincerely, congratulations for your, um, this great announcement, this great effort. We're, 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 very happy that this is happening and we'll hope to see some more soon. Um, but yeah, no, I just, uh, yeah, we a no, before we made this happen, we'll put that on the fucking poster. I mean, we still have a better poster than every
2: movie you're about to see get sold at the can marketplace. I feel like we need to put that back online just to let everyone, to remind you know, people how
0: good Yeah, it. I got
2: to remind you, remind you who the
0: fuck we are. Yeah. Um. I also, obviously, I I, I hate to blow smoke up your ass, can't stand it, it's the worst thing in the world for me to do, but, you know, I mean, obviously you and I have talked a lot during this, you know, you trying to get this off the ground, and uh, the smile on my face when I saw that announcement was, uh, and especially because I... Without getting into any details, can confirm that people are not ready for what you've got cooked up. They are not fucking ready for this movie at all. Um, so yeah, I'm just I'm I'm super happy for you, man. We're all we're all you know for as much shit as me and Chris and people like that and Andy they give you on Twitter. You know we're all in your corner, man. We just we want you. We want this to be successful. So um, I did uh, I did want to say Chris brought up that you're you know probably going to be showing flex pics from the set just to piss him off so you know.
2: You know that that's the yeah that'll be that that's part of it was actually one of the reasons why you know when vice was talking about the beginning of this podcast was like I, I was going to do this smaller action movie uh that we talked about the sniper one and I kind of wanted to do a podcast that was a kind of in real time behind the scenes of making a movie and uh and especially because of who who, who we are to like this specific action Twitter thing be like let's give you guys access into like ways that is kind of lip service on on other things like actually tell you what i'm doing each week and 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 take you through that process so unfortunately that one didn't happen. And uh, and and so it, it'll be great to get an opportunity to kind of bring everybody along on that ride and uh, speaking of that, though I did uh, you guys saw on Friday I did meet with the. Um, Action Chad, number one, Daniel Bernhardt for for lunch. Uh, down the street, and uh, always just like a surprising thing to see that guy again, and be like, oh, man, just so good looking. <laughs> it's, it's distracting. And like six three, like a real six three too. Just comes God, in, gives, yeah. gives you a big hug, and you're like, oh, like I just felt like uh, you know, like a, you're, I'm a high schooler again. I'm like, I'm 40 years old, God damn it! But no, I'm a, I'm a little kid when I'm, I'm hanging out with him, but. Uh, you know, he, he's just uh, he's had such an interesting last couple of years, um, really, you know, we're talking about how his role in Nobody, you know, training Bob Odenkirk has now sort of um, transitioned to a lot of people asking him to train actors uh, as well as being an actor. And so he's kind of uh, got these two different things and, and they work together. Um, he, he was talking about the movie Lou with uh, starring Allison Janey. That uh is kind of like the female version of nobody, and he's he trained Allison and Janney, and he said, she fucking put the work in, and she she's really awesome in it. And she kicked ass and had a great time with that. And then he talked about uh, he was just on extraction two for six months, and uh, he trained uh, a lot of that cast as well, the ones that uh, you know that hadn't really done that type of action before. And, uh, you know, he couldn't couldn't say enough good things about Sam Hargraves and about that experience. It was like six months in Prague. And uh, I think I think that's going to be a real fucking banger. Like those guys, that's a lot of shoot days. Uh, it, it It's great that uh, Netflix is kind of like that's like a, maybe one of the most expensive, just straight action movies that we've had in a while.
1: Yeah. yeah. So if you come up this yeah oh, the summer too. Yes. Like a bullet train and, you know, all that stuff. Yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah. Obviously, you know, it's uh it's it's the the real action chat, number one, and uh and David Leach, you know, the 8711 guys are <laughs> it's all kind of like coming out of that um out of that camp. Um and heard some really exciting things about, you know, their the, the number one project from those guys, but I don't want to give anything away. But it's all just like super positive, uh good vibes from him. And uh, you know, people are like, oh, is he gonna bring him back for Skyline Four? Like if he would ever, you know, do anything that make, I, it, there's certain people like you saw with Yayan and, and Daniel that like, they're just so good at what they do and they bring so much to the stuff they do that you always try to figure out ways to to work with him again um, without actually saying like, that's what's going to happen. But um, yeah, any movie I, I, I would do, I would try to figure out a place to put him on or, or to have him train if he's available uh, because he's the best at what he does, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah, like I said, we we're just happy to, uh, happy this is all starting to work out, you know, after such a long time away. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so hey, uh, let me uh, take the wheel for a bit here because, um, so, uh, some behind the scenes stuff, I guess you could call it that. We don't really have a plan today honestly, actually for everyone. This is kind of a uh, loose episode, uh, like a loose cigarette uh, at the corner store. Uh, so, um, but that said, you know, of course, which is we can't help but, uh, not talk about the weight of the world, you know. Like a few weeks ago, we were talking about the, it was what to be at a nuclear war in Ukraine and Russia. You know, we can't avoid that, shit, you know. And unfortunately, sadly, there was um, recently yesterday, oh, oh, we're recording this on Sunday, of course, Sunday the uh, 15th. Uh, yesterday the 14th, there was a very terrible uh, mass shooting event once again in America, this time in uh, upstate New York and Buffalo. Uh, you know, and it's uh, from all the reports we're seeing in you know, a very uh, clearly uh, crazed uh, well, not even that, just say. A uh, racially racially motivated uh, psycho Nazi guy killing people, you know. So you know this is, this is the world we have to live in, and um so we don't want to avoid this stuff. But uh, I at least I at the moment don't really have much to say about it. Just uh you know just to kind of uh again this is this is the world this is the world we're living in. So um just have to uh, take it one day at a time in my case. Um but like I said though you know at the same time it's like it's a kind of a strange strange experience or dichotomy for me. You know like I said yesterday we have this large family gathering, um, you know, for celebrating a, a one-year-old birthday party. Um, and then, in, you know, not far away, or at least, you know, in the same state, this terrible tragedy. And this is just kind of a, for me at least, this is just, uh, just for the past while, past several years, if not more so, just uh, just walking that line of the, the, the insane, absurdly tragic and the uh, kind of the utterly joyful. Um, so uh, I, will, I will say, so I have not much to say about the situation at the moment. Well, I just want you guys listening to know all, all the uh, listeners out there um, like how we were, we were trying to do the uh, help trans Texas uh, 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 donations we do want to actively be a part of trying to help assist people um, with things like these we we it's not my personal intent to be an escape or a relief but if that if you find that it does help you get through this please we, we really appreciate that we're that do, that doing that for you and we hope that this, we can help you just once again, uh trying to live to craziness. Um, so other, other than that, uh I just say, you know, like a I think hopefully we can try to if if not in the podcast links, um, in maybe a Twitter register online, any kind of uh, support or um be your mental health or um the kind of financial go for me stuff that we might that we might see is worthy or worthwhile, um we'll probably link those uh as well. Um but in the end of the day, at the end of the day just uh, you know, um, We'll try to be here for you, I guess, whenever we can, and cause we're here for each other. Like us three here on the podcast, like this is kind of honestly, our therapy sessions for the week. You know, we get we have we 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 individually have a lot going on, up and down, and this definitely helps us together. So uh, you know, I hope that we can do the same for you guys. Um. So yeah, like I said, like I, I don't really have much more to say about it. But if you are so inclined, either you know in the comments or Twitter later tonight, you want to talk to me about it or talk to us about it um you know please, please feel free to do so um and then we'll try to hope uh, they get through this all together um so yeah but so i'll open the floor for this for that oh, was that was that too serious
0: <laughs> no liam uh anything you want to add on that no i mean i
2: i i, I always vice vice puts it well but um you know when when reading up this morning about the motivation of this guy and it, it's, it's not, it's not even a fringe white, the white supremacy replacement theory shit is no longer a fringe that the mainstream media can just wipe their hands of and say, it's just a couple of lone wolves. I mean, you've got the mo- the highest rated cable show on television with the fucking human garbage, Tucker Carlson spouting this shit every night it's mainstreaming. I mean, the the, the Murdoch's uh, Fox News and then even the mainstream media who will like bring this shit on. It's all just I've been getting so fucking frustrated in general. Obviously, we didn't even really touch upon the abortion issue uh, with the Supreme Court, yeah, yeah. you know, supposedly going to fucking take away women's right to choose. It's just like so many things are, are going in the wrong direction and the people on yeah. our side are not fighting as hard as. It feels like they're asking us to and it's like well that's what we fucking elected you guys to do you know like I, I understand the a lot of the the obstacles in their way and the fact that uh the entire system is is rigged against any drastic change i mean i i had i did do an internship in the senate i know it's it's on purpose a slow-moving kind of undemocratic institution that is supposed to block actual good shit from happening <laughs> So uh, I get that uh, their hands are tied, but it's just like, it's just the actual, sometimes it's actually just like the tenor of like, I just want fighters. I want fighters pushing back. I want people that are fighting for us that aren't going to just say, oh man, thoughts and prayers. It's so, so sad that, uh, you know, uh, people can go into a grocery store and get fucking gunned down like a, you know, like a piece of meat. It's just fucking absolutely disgusting and I'm sick and tired of it. And I really wish that, uh, you know, the rest of the country could, could wake up and we could at least just agree upon the decency of, uh, of not murdering each other in cold blood. But it seems like, you know, things are not going in the right direction. And uh, uh, basically you have a moral obligation to slap the shit out of Tucker Carlson. If you ever see him out in public, that's,
1: what, <laughs> that's really what I want to tell everybody. That's the action for everyone. guarantee you slept in your mouth. If you've never gone to jail before,
2: like, you know, it's that's not going to be that big of a deal. We will start a GoFundMe for your bail. We will pay your legal fees. Like I've never been, I I think I could, I think it's okay. Like uh, just a good, uh, give him a good, like open hand, Sid vicious slap, like a good, like wrestling slap, you know, you know, it's just, and make sure your friend gets that shit on camera. That's all I'm saying.
0: No way, shape, form legal advice, but I will just tell people that a slap is a, a class B misdemeanor that typically carries about a $700 fine and anger management classes and likely no jail. So, uh, you know, I'm just saying it's out there, not legal advice at all. I am not even a lawyer. I, I don't know what, I don't know what you're talking about, but, uh, uh
1: so I think you just wrote, we just wrote several checks. I can't cash.
0: Here's the thing. Yeah, it sucks. All of this sucks. Um, The abortion thing sucks. Something that completely flew. I don't know if you guys saw me tweeting about it. Something that completely flew under the radar uh, for the most part, because the abortion thing is taking so much uh, priority as it should, is the Fifth Circuit just absolutely gutted the First Amendment Mm. in a in a a weird uh, ruling where they basically uh, Texas has this absurd content moderation law for social media and it's in complete violation of the first amendment but uh the fifth circuit more or less upheld it so now it's it's going to be a whole big mess um Mm. everything is going in the wrong way All I really have to add is, once again, because we are an action podcast and we have talked about how regressive action can be, and I know there's probably plenty of listeners that don't agree with us, uh, and that's fine, and if we piss you off, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm not. Sorry, not sorry, but... Again, the name of the podcast is Action for Everyone. Fuck Nazis. Fuck racists. Fuck fucking conservative right-wing assholes. Fuck transphobes. Fuck anti-abortion people. Like, that... No, no. That is not... We are going in the wrong direction. And everybody who can stop it isn't... Who actually has... I mean, there are people working their asses off to try and stop it. But they're all at the grassroots level. Because... Ultimately, the biggest problem is power wants power. Power isn't liberal. Power isn't conservative. What power is, is power. And it wants to maintain that uh, above all. I mean, Jesus Christ, Elon Musk tried to buy Twitter because his fucking feelings got hurt. Like, like this is (laughs) we live in a crazy world right now. Yeah, uh anyway, sorry, I don't want to go on any more of a rant. Obviously No, I- no, no, money literally has no value anymore, and we
2: all know it. It was kind of interesting to see the crypto crash the same week, but like just none of it seems to right? matter yeah. or mean anything. Uh so it's a tough time and we gotta be
1: there for each other. It's it's just funny because I remember uh we had a pretty big uh guest that was forward a few weeks ago with the King cast. Uh, you know, Scott and uh, Eric, uh, you know, I think we talked about we talked about uh a running man and you know in our well, this is more backseat back stuff in my head i was like oh shit we're gonna get a huge bump because it's the king cast people love them It was like nah it was just like the same numbers because like it was so fucking depressing because the whole this was a podcast was that like we're living we're living in the running man movie like at the times the, the fucked up dystopia we're actually doing it so people were like i guess people about that so not not the most fun <laughs> podcast Maybe this would be the same thing, but I don't know. We'll, we'll see. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. And, uh, you know, the other thing, uh, just the other rant, I, I, a small one I have is about, you know, Liam, you mentioned the way the media covers this stuff. I saw so many tweets being like, I wish we knew what was going on through the shooters, you know, why he did. He wrote a fucking manifesto. We know why he did it. It's like Very when Roger did his thing, uh, he, he wrote not just a manifesto, but like, hours of youtube videos saying basically i'm doing this because i hate women and this guy basically said i'm doing this because i hate black people and like it it doesn't need to be any deeper than that he's just a hateful fuck um yeah yeah. that's all there is to it
1: yeah you should remind me uh well sadly again you know these things so common even before this back in april here in new york city where i live, there was another pretty big high profile uh shooting event thankfully in that case nobody was uh uh, nobody lost a life but still you know in that case but that it was uh some crazy Judah was black but still he had crazy like anti-immigrant stuff going on you know so all kind con- all this whole uh environment the climate of, uh, of the misinformation and the uh, propaganda' it's, it's like it'll catch you no matter who you are but then we're still all going the same wrong direction so yeah yeah it's just very like you were saying you know very very dangerous tumultuous times. Well, you know at, at, at least as it always ever was what we got is each other so try to make the best of it somehow in some ways
0: yeah i think that's i think that's probably the best way to sum it up all we got is each other uh and 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 like you said vice you know hopefully we provide a little bit of uh a little bit of uh entertainment to people and at least hopefully let people know that they're not alone um yeah Know, uh, because it's hard for everybody, uh, so I try, I don't do it as well as I should, but I try and make sure to reach out to my friends, check in on them. Everybody just make sure you've got one another's backs because nobody and and look, and I am saying this from like I am the fucking walking definition of privilege, and I am saying this
1: nobody gives a fuck about
0: us, <laughs> like, yeah, like, um,
1: ugh, anyway, all yeah, right, see guys, I just, I, just, I just get a screen capture of uh. He's like, you guys like extra white today. It's, I mean, like physically on my camera camera screen. Because <laughs> it's like with his... <laughs> oh, That's great. See, this this is the this is like the hope of the future that we have uh, us here talking shit. Oh to man, share. My, I really am white today. Uh,
2: you know, it's it, it's it was a cold week. I haven't been in the sun. Um,
1: yeah. <laughs> the like the North <laughs> end over here, the
2: fucking. the <laughs> sun. Uh... Uh i got to oh, flare, my, flare my traps like the Northman. I can't get down that low. I don't know how uh, ScarsGuard does it. Oh, yeah, well, that's huge, man. Oh, that's <laughs> huge. No, no. Did I not say
1: that? <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, that was our, oh. our Fast X. Our Fast X. We'll, we'll transition out because the uh, just a one quick little news thing was that uh, Mr. Reacher, fuck, huge, Alan Richson is going to be in, in Fast X and uh, I really enjoyed the idea that there's another long lost brother, but it's to um, Paul Walker's Brian character, and that he fell into oh an HGH God. fat as a child. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> I like, totally working in this franchise. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Like, you know, what they're missing is a big, goofy white guy with a lovable smile who looks like he could, you know, like, like Chappelle's old bit about Bill Clinton, like kissing black babies. Like, that's what Paul Walker was, right? Paul Walker would just go up to like a black, oh, beautiful baby, just give it a big kiss on the head. So maybe Alan oh, Rich could, and could sell like, that.
1: Yo, yo. yeah, because like brothers love Paul Walker. Like, this, this is actually like okay, this is actually like a phenomenon. Like, there's a whole thing that the part of Paul Walker's appeal is that he's like, he's a cool white dude in your crew. Like I think it's a going, lot of fast here. too, the physicality with... Uh, Tyrese is just like so
2: free and like he's just like grabbing him and they he's loving him, you know. <laughs> so you're
1: just yeah. like, oh yeah, this guy's cool. <laughs> yeah, and like you know, and I, and, I, and I think you know that that uh, vibe was returning in kind because uh, this is a weird uh, anecdote. Uh, I saw that the uh, there was the uh, remake of uh Thirteen, the French uh the movie. It was called Brick Mansions, and he even had one of the actors from the Prince movie in the in the remake. It's a remake with a uh, Paul Walker as one of the as the Terrible movie, terrible movie. Uh, but but uh, you know he, he, they're, they're all trying. But in the end, but this this is actually this came out right after the, when sadly Paul passed away. So this came out uh, post post modern film as you, if, whatever the term is. And so at the end of the film, uh, they have a little like a. Uh, 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 uh R.I.P. Paul more in the little, the little uh, screen, ca- screen uh, uh, card with Paul Walker's, and so my audience is mostly black people, and and I, and I hear when it happens, oh, we love that dude, you know, like like he he, he, had, he had it, you know, he had the black love going, like he had it, you know, and like that's you know they see that a lot now, you know? no, <laughs> so, no, it, hey, that, that, that's what,
2: he, he was underrated as a screen presence because I feel like his physicality was like. I mean, obviously, Mike has told us about the Golden God experience of Paul Walker in person, but he just really felt like he loved everybody and uh,
1: and you yeah. can't kind of can't fake it. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, I'm, I, yeah. so, yeah, I'm definitely curious to see the Vanilla Gorilla back in action on the big screen. Because, uh, yeah, like as, as we said in our previous podcast, we loved Reacher. I loved him. Absolutely. And then, uh, well, I love the ensemble. Like uh, it was him. Reacher, Finlay, Rostow—that whole like example of characters was is ex- excellent, like magnificent. So here he is now again with this big, another big, bigger roster of this uh, multi, multi, uh, multi going. cast. So I think he can fit right in. So we'll see. <laughs>
0: I love too, that they just keep adding more cast members. They're like, we're going to just, you know, continue to paper over the fact that this, uh, shoot has been a dumpster fire by just throwing more cast members. I here's Brie Larson. Here's Alan Richson, We're just going to keep throwing cast members. <laughs> <at> you. <laughs> and you know, they're all going to probably get like 30 seconds of screen time, but whatever, who cares? Yeah. Fuck you, Dreacher in a fast X. <laughs> like there's, um, there is one other piece of news. I, I didn't bring this up to you guys. Um, beforehand because I just remembered it, but I do want to just quickly bring up and mention that uh, our boy Lee at Film Combat Syndicate uh, is where I first saw it. Uh, Jesse V Johnson is now filming a movie with the goddess Olga Kuralinko, uh, where she is a Boudica, who's basically the same character she played in Centurion, but she's going to be the hero this time. And holy shit. Talk about a movie that just rocketed to the top of my most anticipated list. Like Olga's done nothing. You guys, you guys know how much I love her. She's done nothing but great shit, her career. And now Jesse is going to direct her. I can't fucking wait for this thing.
1: Yeah, and I remember this is a pretty, uh, pretty notable uh, historical figure, Botica, the warrior queen, or whatever she was called. Like, I think again, this is like the Germanic, uh, or Roman slash Britannica period, or whatever. So, yeah, yes. she's actually this is a pretty big deal.
0: Yeah, she's Liam's people. She's, uh, she's, she's, uh,
2: <laughs> she's got a great Wikipedia, you know, like I was. Uh, that that project I was doing uh, a million years ago with the War of the Ages, there was a version that we had with with Budica that was that was going to come in and, and yeah, just some of those historical figures are just great deep dives to go down and, and read all the like, wait, how is that possibly true? But uh, yeah, she's got good. I it's I'm, it's such fertile ground for a movie. I'm surprised. I'm sure they have done other ones, but like you know, the, it's just a perfect pairing, and and it's super cool that she's uh, kind of reprising that role from Centurion but as the hero. So
0: yeah,
2: I'm in.
1: (laughs) And then uh,
0: the one new movie that I watched this week that I want to spend a little time on, because uh, we do want to shout out friend and friend of the show, James Nunn, Sharkbait, formerly titled Jet Ski, dropped this week. I was the only one that had a chance to watch it. I did. Um, And uh, it's entertaining. I mean, it's a shark movie. If you like, shark movies you want people trapped on the ocean getting eaten by sharks the movie is going to give you that what i will say that i think does somewhat set it apart is james uh because he directs the hell out of this thing uh it looks it looks like it cost five times more than i'm sure that it did um it's it's an absolutely gorgeous movie in terms of of the shots and and the compositions and, and the lighting and stuff. And then also uh, they, they do some really cool drone stuff and not, you know, ambulance, Michael Bay, crazy drone stuff. <laughs> There's some really nice overhead shots uh, that, that, that are just really impressively composed. And then uh, a lot of really Seamless transitions between above Water and underwater you know a lot of times you watch A movie like this and there's some Janky cuts when you go above And below and there's some really nice Seamless transitions Um, No spoilers but some pretty fucking great shark kills i mean if you want to watch sharks just bitch people around like there's some really great shark kills in this um so it and it comes in uh 85 minutes with credits so it does not fuck around it is uh, a lean and mean uh and there's a lot of opening credits because it's a one of those it's an indie movie so there's 57 companies so i think the actual runtime is probably like 79 i mean so it's lean and mean uh yeah if you're not again if you're not a shark fan it's not it, there's there's nothing to it that's genre changing or anything like that but if you like what James does and and you're a fan of James's work and obviously we are on this show um, then you owe it to yourself to check it out it is a to original I didn't see it. I actually bought it on voodoo because I support my friends I mean fuck I just bought portals so like I support my friends <laughs> <laughs> but, 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 uh, uh, I didn't see it on Tubi, but it is going to be on Tubi at some point. Uh, so if you want to watch it for free and you don't mind the commercials, it'll, it'll be there. Uh, or if you want to support James, it was 12 bucks to buy on voodoo. So it's, it's not a very expensive movie and I, I think it's worth checking out. Um, again, just if for no other reason, support James, he really tried to do something different here. Um, and he really, for people listening you might not know he was second unit on both 47 meters down films and so he's really flexing what he learned on those uh there is a real confidence in the direction uh, of this movie that uh i found pretty impressive uh you know uh one of the things that we're going to talk about a little bit is uh script watching and uh this is a movie that y- you will not script watch because all of it is in the visuals all of it is in uh, what James is bringing to the table. So um, I it, 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 again, it is what it is as a movie, but if you like James, if you loved one shot, you know, check it out. Uh, it, it doesn't get a great recommendation, but it gets the greatest recommendation because I want people to support James, if that makes sense.
2: Yeah. Um, like I, I haven't got a chance to check it out, but if you guys are following some of my history, um, you know, th- it's another reason why, You I I have a little bit of these this you have this mixed emotion when you have like announcements like Skyline Radial at Cannes because you know that it doesn't necessarily mean the movie's getting made Uh, because a year ago I had a big announcement at Cannes with The Wreck, which was kind of the follow up to Jet Ski. It was the same producers, the same writer. um, And that's how I actually got to know James and, and reached out to him and asked about his experiences filming in Malta and, uh, and you know what I could expect. And, uh, he was just an incredibly generous, uh, with his time and, and, and candid and, and, and really, you know, I, I became a a fan of him before I'd even seen any of his movies. So then after we talked, I was like, Oh, I, you know, then I watched, uh, extractors. Uh, that's the name, right? Right. Mike. Eliminators. Eliminators, eliminators, but that one is really, really good. Um, it has it's it's kind of like a Terminator movie without cyborgs, but I would definitely recommend that one. <laughs> and then uh, you know, obviously, we had our big one-shot love fest last year. But um, James is is like I said, just a really great guy, very generous, and um, you know, getting to talk to a lot of the people that he made jet ski with, and when we were preparing to make the wreck, um, you know, it, it, uh, in Malta, everyone had you know nothing but the best things to say about him. And uh, yeah, I'm still bummed that I didn't get to make that movie. Uh, I think they are still trying to make it, um, and uh, wish them the best. But shark movies are a fun thing. You know, that was a lot of my my breakdown um, visually going into preparing for it was just looking at the kills and the shot progressions. And um, you know, it's always kind of very similar. It's a lot. It's a lot of uh, face POV, face POV, wide face POV it's there you know it's like it kind of is this rhythm um which made me feel somewhat good about like the coverage because we were going to be in such a tiny underwater set and i knew i wasn't going to be able to get a ton of different angles in there um because of the claustrophobia but um, when you really kind of break down the math of how they do those shark scares it, it's uh it's pretty cool and it would always work for me on every movie i watched even depending on it you know, was one where we talked about deep blue c3 and uh, there's a lot of really good shark movies out there um that are outside of, of of the ones that um you know the the big ones that have done well at the box office but um yeah definitely gonna check that one out and um yeah that that's about it
0: well, and I know James is like, I think it might even be his favorite movie is Jaws. So, you know, talk about kind of living your dream, right? If your favorite movie is Jaws and you're you're making your own shark movie. Um, I will also pl- <clears throat> will plug if people go back into the archives when One Shot came out, I did a two and a half hour long chat with James where we talked about all of his movies and stuff like that. So go back and, and give that a listen. Um, Vice,
1: I know you didn't see it, but anything you want to add? Uh no, I just did yeah, like, well, I just, is this cool that the, there's a 2B originals now? Cause I, I, I haven't got around to it yet, but everybody just keeps saying like 2B is pretty much the best streaming service. I just haven't gotten a chance to like sit down and like go through them. Um, but like the fact that like, they're like funding stuff like this, it's just, it's just like a, the streaming, the streaming service now is kind of, you know, the evolution of DTV. So we do, we, you're right. We do have to like, kind of follow the stuff along, follow the business. So like, yes. Yeah, this is like a this is a fascinating uh, turn of events that um, you know he's kind of in these two in these realms now the like Tubi <laughs> he's a Tubi maestro now or whatever it's, it's it's pretty cool. Wait, so, yeah, yeah, I, yeah I, didn't, I didn't hear that. So it's it's on Tubi for free. It it will well, be. it will be apparently.
2: Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. It, so they're doing a VOD run and then it's going to go. That's it, as,
0: as much as I can tell because I could not find it on Tubi. Uh, I searched and couldn't find it. But it, I mean, w- when I bought it. it it's got a title card yeah you know that that
2: that's what it is that's what it is so there because there will be kind of there'd be a lot there's a lot of money for that vod shark window so it makes yeah. sense that they're and, trying to and get it's that. the
0: perfect movie it is the perfect tubi movie like i love tubi tubi is the i say this with nothing but love tubi is the garbage streaming service it is the it is the friday night browsing Blockbuster, the bottom shelves for whatever DTV action movie with David yeah. you want to see. That is to be a streaming service, and it is amazing. <laughs> I love it. Uh, and what they, was that
2: movie with like Mickey Rourke and Tupac? And you're like, oh, all right.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and they, they, they unlike a lot of the other ad supported streaming services I do have to shout out they do a really good job with the commercial breaks they're not terribly long and they really actually put time and thought into where they're going to break up uh like like Pluto to contrast it um my wife and I one of our favorite our favorite show of all time is Leverage and we w- Pluto has a leverage channel. Leverage is a TV show. It has commercial breaks built in. Pluto puts different commercial breaks in than where the fucking commercial breaks are built in. Tubi is much better at planning out where it puts its its commercial breaks and stuff and they're they're not very long. At most, they're two minutes, but usually they're only like 60 seconds and they're like every 15 or 20 minutes. Um, Tubi's great. Uh, Tubi, please sponsor us. But yeah, uh, I
2: was going to say I would I would say Tubi is the most lovable streaming service. Uh, I,
0: not necessarily garbage, but the most you know, lovable. That's <laughs> what I mean. What I mean by garbage is just, you know, they they have a lot of. Uh, no, not garbage, but trash. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. sleeves, if you will. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, if you want to watch a Jim Wynorski movie, it's gonna be on Tubi. If you want to watch, you know, their, their kung fu selection of like classic kung fu cinema is out of this world. Um, their horror selection is out of this world. Again, in terms of that bottom shelf stuff. But that's what we love. So that's it's it's a great, it's a great streaming service. Lovable is the best way to describe it, I think. It's the the most lovable streaming service. Welgo, you've got competition. Hiya. Yeah. You
2: guys should have put the ring on it when we offered last year. Now we're now we're out here. We're
1: looking, we're looking hot, <laughs> different suitors. Yeah. Hiya, give us money. Uh go give us money. Tubi. I'm all yours, baby. Come on. We we got you, baby. <laughs> uh so thanks so on the agenda that we don't have no, our, our non-schedule um oh well here uh i was gonna say uh okay so ambulance we already took, we already covered it and we kind of covered like michael bay quite a bit and we're gonna keep doing it too that's so fuck you but we're where michael bay stands um so just well well we can i just wanted to say that um Actually, yeah, I guess it's part of part of what I was feeling over the past week is that uh in the um crushing dystopia of military police uh, <laughs> Overwatch, um each as each as each week passes, uh that movie feels more, more relevant to me. Um, and just uh and it just uh it was just funny to see because I think somebody mentioned that uh James oh it was because of James Cameron uh you know because he the Avatar news coming out. And uh, they mentioned that you know in his movies, the military as a president as a force is a nightmarish entity, but it's also like the coolest shit to look at, coolest shit to film. or you know, actual military vehicles and then tactical shit going on. And you know, and I, I had always said that you know Michael Bay, I think he think he believes the same thing, but for some reason people kind of think he's a uh, he's lauding or he's uh worshipping the military, and I never, th- I, I and I think the text of every film bears out that it is not the case. So it's just interesting to see that he see, 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 keeps seeing that the, these running uh, threads in Twitter and stuff like that, you know, like, a, like uh, as we mentioned, we're mentioned, we going to talk a little bit more about the script watching, you know, like the scripts of Michael Bay films, what he's saying, the text of them is not, I love the military. It's like, uh, these guys are fucking animals and you should not trust any of them. Like the script level <laughs> the, the of, of The Rock, one of the, one of the, you know, arguably his best action, pure act film the rock there these are marines turned terrorists because they couldn't get health care for the fucked up black ops shit like that's the text of the fucking movie <laughs> like, like, stuff, stuff like this is that you know people that watch the films and i guess with preconceived notions or about the director or what they think the subject matter is supposed to be and they get they read the i mean they uh, yes are to say this but they read the film wrong basically and you know this just keeps happening over and over and uh in all kinds of movies even even to this day like we, we, we spoke about the Northman uh, you know, and people were saying you know, it's just, uh, he's promoting white supremacy again, you know, a hot topic, a, you know, a very relevant topic to be sure, but that's not that movie he's like, that's, that movie is a condemnation of blind violence and, and, and strict and adherence to edicts like that's what the film, the text of the film is <laughs> so yeah, it's just, uh, we, it's just funny to see all these uh, misreadings of films and uh, in a lot of cases for supposedly good intentions or the greater good but it's just it's all kind of useless how they at least to me all these um progressive uh progressive criticisms of stuff stuff. well i don't want to say that i don't want to say that just that but like at least in my case for my to see usually more more for the not is trying to analyze something or criticize something for a better benefit but it kind of comes up as empty you know so yeah, we, we, yeah, we were just going to talk about that a little bit. It's the, the, way people, the way people watch movies wrong. <laughs> well, yeah, and, I, and to stay on Michael
2: Bay and, and we'll go into the broader topic. But it was because I, I rewatched the last night and it was pretty funny because, um you know, my my almost two year old is just like he's a tyrant. This kid will just like he gets up in front of we have a cheaper fire TV in the front of the house and the better one in the back that he can't touch. But he'll just get up and like smack the screen and point at what he wants to watch and um, I just have to watch it with him. And so he he really liked Bumblebee, and then he saw the ad for last night, and he hit it, and I was like, oh shit, this is gonna be crazy. And I, I'd only seen it once, and I and I didn't see it in the theater because the fourth one was such a punishing theater experience. Like, it, it, it it's incredibly well-made, but it was just too long and too loud and too much. Yeah. Um, so I didn't go see this one, but... It, you know, I, I felt like the first time I saw it, I script watched. You know, I was just kind of like, what the fuck is this story? Wait, they're starting with fucking King Arthur and Merlin's drunk. And now the fucking Knights of the Round Table have alien like tech. This is fucking insane. And now going back, watching the second time, I was just kind of, um, you know, watching the, the whole movie and getting out of my own head about some of that stuff and just being like, holy shit, I can't believe you look at this fucking, this is one of the best period battles I've seen. And it's just sort of a throwaway thing in this movie. You know, like he's just so, his his art of the visuals, uh, you know, from production design to the camera to the chaos in the frame is so good. And you contrast it with what uh, people would say, say like like Marvel movies, which you guys know I, I like Marvel movies, but like look at what we were saying about Doctor Strange last week and some of the production design in that alternate reality that was just basically Singapore with like a government building. It's just so <laughs> basic and it's so unimaginative. Yeah. And then you go and you look at like the last night and they go down into this fucking, they have to take a submarine down into some, Alien uh, ship buried underneath the fucking I I can't even remember, but it was the fucking production design inside that alien ship. It just blows away pretty much every Marvel movie as far as the way the look is, the the environment, uh, the lighting, the cinematography is just at a much higher level and it's more imaginative. And so that that that's kind of been my own process of like, I guess moving more from. a a screenwriter who's directing to trying to think more like a director who sometimes screenwrites and trying to really focus on the, the part outside of the script. And what is the stuff that when I'm directing someone else's script that I'm actually responsible for? Because a lot of the times when I write the script and I'm directing it, it's like I'm working from such a place where I imagined all this stuff. And so it's like I'm speaking to my own um you know mind's eye and imagination and original intent but now coming in and being like okay so this is someone else's idea i like this part i love this part this part speaks to me but now what actually is my job and um so when you you watch masters like uh bay and the other one that i was talking about on twitter gore verbinski like they are so fucking good at all the other disciplines so to me, I get more out of that than something that's like, you know, people will be like, well, this, this script is so technically perfect, but it's kind of filmed in a boring, drab way. That, that used to really excite me. And it's like, it's, 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 I, I find myself getting less and less excited about that, especially in an age of like um, almost algorithmic, perfect writing on certain things where it feels like it's like uh, all the edges are sanded off um, I feel like this isn't to denigrate Pixar, but I feel like Pixar is so good at what they did that they almost made this like seamless formula on how to eviscerate the audience and, yeah. and, and emotionally, and it's kind of raised this bar that everyone's like, oh, that that's how it should be, and and that's great, but um, you know, I, I'm just less interested in that sort of um, script coverage, perfect writing thing, and I'm more interested in. The visual art and the style and what the director is actually doing, and I think that that it's almost like the more that film democratizes and the more that people have access to it. Uh, and the more people are are giving their different voices into it, I feel like style becomes more important, you know, like the the, the, the story uh, perfection that where everyone's looking for uh, is great, but the style is really like what separates. You know the, the greats from you know just kind of more basic filmmaking, so um, yeah, that that I, I, I thought the last night was a much better on the second watch, and I think it's actually funnier and um, maybe kind of my favorite Transformers movie because it is so go for broke, insane. And In the third act, uh, looks like they chopped out about 15 minutes the last minute. And there's just like missing shoe leather shots. And he just, he puts this really strange um, uh, score that is almost hypnotic and it just never stops moving. And they're just like spiraling through all these actions and just going around. And it just starts to become like that third act, that 30 minutes of that score is like, is this whole other artwork to itself. And so if you watch those movies with with that different type of mindset where you're not like making this checklist of, how uh, credible the script is and uh, these characters are annoying and they're screaming at each other. And why, why is everyone so mean and crazy? I get all those criticisms, but you're kind of like, you're missing out on, on, on half of the thing. Like if a script isn't perfect, should a composer just not do their score? Is that, does there, you can't hear a script. You know what I mean? Like one of the reasons why the pirate movies are so hypnotic in my head is that Hans Zimmer's score in those sequels is so fucking amazing. Yes, he basically built off his gladiator score and, you know, went into different directions. But it is still like a lot of incredibly indelible themes um, for different characters that he weaves through together and creates a real sonic joy for me and and I'm seeing for my son. So I just am like, if you're only watching it for the script and you only care about the story, you're kind of just dismissing a lot of people's craft that do all these other
1: things for movies. Yeah. It's just free to book, you know? <laughs> and, and you know, this is actually, you mentioned the the, uh, the craft part. Cause I remember there was a, uh, recently uh, Elizabeth Olsen, uh, you know, she plays this girl, which in uh, the Marvel movies. She was like, she's on a press tour, you know, for the film and, and has a lot of interviews. And um, she had mentioned that, you know, the dismissal of the Marvel films. Um, I think she, to paraphrase it, she was like, a, we shouldn't dismiss it out of hand because that dismisses the the craftsmen the craft people behind all the various effects. And, you know, and there was some pushback from that because, you know, it's like, well, that's just because they're making, that, or or their craft is not, um, doesn't rely on the success of the film. It's the craft is their pursuit of their own craft, you know? So, so, you know, there's a back and forth about that. But yeah, it's like, uh, there's so much, it's, we forget that the, uh, the, or tier theory stuff, you know, Bayesian or tour, sorry. Um, there's still a whole unit, a whole army of people behind everything you see, basically, all their intents and vision and artistries behind that stuff, too. So you can't just, uh, you know, it's not just like, oh, this is fucking, this, this is a dumbass racist, racist robot, robot movie, you know? No, it's just like, <laughs> I mean, you know, it's hilarious. But like, you know, when he says uh, Harriet Tubman was part of the Autobot Alliance, whatever the fuck. <laughs> One of the best lines in human history, but you know, like, they, like, like this is so much else to the movie beyond that. That you know, people kind of dismiss it for the for the more obvious dumb shit. That the, the 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 fact that the Transformers films as a whole over the course of their have some maybe the best integration of CGI and live action in the history of cinema so far. Maybe other than like you know Avatar, but like. All the every transformation, every vehicle, robot—it's seamless. Like you, you cannot just distinguish it from the generated part to the the live action background. It's 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 a it's a perfect meld. And I think people kind of forget that because because you know again the the script is so out, it's harebrained and it's insane. That
2: <laughs> yes, I, I actually met um, in London when I was working on Skylines. I met a guy from ILM who had. Had worked on last night and he, he basically retired afterwards because he said that end sequence was the hardest thing that he'd ever done. And I was like, it, it and I think he he was used to saying that to people and having them kind of roll their eyes and kind of move on the conversation. And I kind of like locked in on him and I was like, yo, but that was like some of the most insane shit I've ever seen. And it, it was like he yeah. was like, Oh, well, thanks. I'm like, How the fuck did he do it? Like they they're sliding down this this. CG landscape that's like then giving way to the grass, and I'm like, he's basically doing the building sequence from Part Three, but he's doing it with a CG fucking unicorn coming out of the earth. Like I was like, you know, it's, it's my job to know how he does this, and I didn't even know how they were doing it. And he's like, dude, it was so fucking hard. And so yeah. I, you know, that 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 kind of like, I, I got to like thank him for his service. And he, I don't think <laughs> I don't think anyone had ever done that before so it it was a nice moment it's a planet
1: coming out of another another planet to make a double planet this is like (laughs) incredible incredible (laughs) visual storytelling going on there Uh, in between that you have uh omar sai you know as you know famously Lupin, the famous black french actor he's omar sai is the lamborghini robot in the movie but he's doing a fake french accent a fake french accent but it's like why are you doing a fake accent when you are French. Just, just talk, talk like yourself. <laughs> again, but again, like he's a perfectly like he transformed. You know, it's, all this going in his movies it's like it's it's too much to comprehend. So when you take pick it apart, it's like I can't believe that happened. <laughs> I can't believe I can't believe
2: it happened is right. It's,
1: oh wait, he it's, it's, it's King Arthur,
2: Marky Mark, which we have to <laughs> shout out because you know this is the action for everyone. But is literally. He, they decided Cade Yeager is the descendant of King Arthur. Uh, you got it. Like that—that that, that is the. Clo- I feel like it is the closest to my own heart. Like that is something I would do. <laughs> <laughs> oh wait okay wait i, gotta, oh, I gotta come clean that is the most yeah, that is the most very... skyline type of shit that i would do i'd
1: be like yeah fuck yeah let's do it uh, so that's why i love it <laughs> yours is a sword of michael like you're the chosen one of some shit uh wait oh hey so we're gonna be left turn here speaking of omar sai uh i i just i finally saw it on uh netflix uh what's the the new movie with netflix uh, what's it called I forgot the new title but that's how much i re- memorized it uh it's a uh but Louis the Terrier's latest one, you know, part of him, you know, doing the uh, being signing over for Fast and the Furious now um, on Netflix, uh, It's is apparently a sequel to an older 2012 French film, uh, kind of another action comedy. Um, yeah. And like, it's so weird because uh, it, it's, it's a cop, a cop, uh, interracial buddy cop action movie. Um, and so that, that, but doing that in 2022 can, there's a lot of uh, landmines, I guess you could say, or 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 obstacles uh, that you might meet. Here, here so the, the name of the movie. It's it's a take, the, down. The, the, take, take down, take down, Yeah. So the, this is take down 2022 out on Netflix. I think it came out last week. Uh, and it's a sequel to well, the sequel. I heard that the original movie. I don't think it was uh, came out in America. Um, it was 2012. It was uh the full name. It's called On the Other Side of the Tracks. Since 2012. Um, so so basically, so it's like a ten year, not, not a legacy, but a ten year later new, new sequel. Um, the other actor is So basically, the two are like kind of like uh, wild road cops, rights. They come together for solve a case. So they're back in this one. And um, what's funny because again, going back to the uh, the script watching thing. So in the opening scene, uh, he has a big like, uh, basically uh, MMA cage fight. And I remember I remember seeing uh, he actually uh was doing some training with uh, both Michael Jai White and uh, the UFC heavyweight champion, Francis Ngannou. Uh, there was a clip on YouTube of him that like, goes training, and now, now I realize it was for this. It's a short, it's a short sequence, but you know, it's just it's, it's fun. Like, you know, this is more comedy than action comedy, than action. Um, but in, in the scene, the opening scene there, once they defeat the, the crook and they apprehend him, in front of this uh, big audience, uh, Omar, he uh, grabs the, uh, the announcer's uh, bullhorn, and he goes, uh, and let them know uh, the winner is the police. You know, and it's, and, I, and I'm watching this. You know, and here's this like big black guy as a cop, being all charming and, and suave in the era of uh, all cops are bad, all, all cops die. But then, then in the very next scene that he's in, he's in the uh, commissioner's office in the police office. They like uh, it, and they say you're a rogue cop. You, you do your you play with your rules. We love it. We want you to be the new face of our police ad uh, police uh, ad campaign to get new recruits. <laughs> and it's so there's a whole sequence of him literally being a propaganda, quote unquote. <laughs> it's like a whole animated sequence of him like you could like you can scuba dive, you can like a uh, skydive, you'll be the new face. And, and and they're telling him that Yeah. So uh this a whole sequence of like him they're actively recruiting him for this uh propaganda as, as as a black cop. And uh, and then he kinda he teases out the the, the, the joke is kind of Hard to translate because it's uh, the French to English, but obviously, like, uh, you're forgetting one thing because I'm black, right? You're like, no, no, they, 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 the, the police chief, like, no, it's not that you're so cool, but like, you know, so I'm watching this this movie of in here's an interracial body cop action movie in 2022, and they're actively addressing the issue of uh, propaganda and you know, using uh, uh black people as police, and they use it for a joke <laughs> because then the rest of the movie happened. Like they had like, they, okay, now he has to actually go be, the, well, it's, he goes to like the countryside of France, whatever the, they, they call it. Like the, uh, the, the, the district or whatever. I forget what they call it. So now, but then he's with his partner again that they, we it for 10 years and they have to fight basically this, um, racist small town, rural mayor and his Nazi cohorts, like his goons like, this is, like, what is happening? It's so wild that they're, like, it's, it's just a strange phenomenon to see, like, uh, when movies actively address the stuff that's happening in life, but it still can't escape what it is. Like, he's it's still, like, a fun interracial buddy cop movie. And so like, even though, like, there's, like, uh, racial jokes, well, not, well, they're joking about the mayor being, like, a full-on Nazi, a fascist, you know, <laughs> like, they say it out loud. Um, but you know, he's still like he's still at the end of the day upholding the law. Like he, you can't, can't escape that. It's still at the end of the day the cops will win, which is, I think, what most people, well, what most critics of cops would not prefer. You know, I, I which is again, we 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 talked about this many times. You know, probably maybe like a more like a, a shaft kind of thing. For the, to ride. Which actually, I think, is kind of what Lupin does. Uh, the show Lupin the uh, the Netflix series where he's also kind of inversion of the police state and stuff Where he, he's got a outlaw rebel thing so um really, yeah i just wanted to that's just i it was just interesting seeing that and and experiencing this wild uh this this wild manifestation of a cop movie uh in, in a modern age <laughs> so, quite, so, you'd re-
2: re- so you'd recommend the takedown then that and that's on netflix and you can watch it right now
1: well uh, uh... <laughs> <laughs> I'm not I, sure, because uh, it's kind of you know what, yeah, yeah, because I mean, here's the deal it's pretty fucking basic, it's a basic, it's a big, basic ass fucking cop action movie, but like, like, I love that shit, I love these fucking stupid ass. It's like, a, uh, it's like a, a cool police academy, which sounds crazy to say, but like, that's how it feels. Like, it feels like if somebody made police academy like better or not bad, <laughs> so so yeah, if, if, you, if you're into like, uh, you know, the rush hour interracial inter- 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 body cop action thing. Check it out. But otherwise, uh, you know, if if you're not a fan of the Le- Louis Terrier uh over, uh you can probably skip this one. <laughs>
2: the the original one you mentioned sounded familiar to me and I looked it up and that that was actually shot by Skyline cinematographer uh Alain Duplantier, my 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 good hey. friend. so I was like, oh wait, that I cause I, I felt like I'd seen uh a lot of it in his reel when you know when I was going through his stuff. So was he the, on this one too? He was not on this one. No, no, they oh. missed out. But oh, yeah. well,
1: I, 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 I will say, it, it's, oh yeah. Well, I will say, <laughs> it does look, it does, uh, again, there's a, even this one. There's like a couple of really cool establishing joint shots that are you know a little, little more uh, uh, dynamic than normal. So yeah, it does look. Oh yeah, it's, it's yeah, it's a perfect Netflix Friday night chill movie. Like you know, hey, I know I don't know that guy. He's uh, he was in like, the Lupin Show. I'm mean, check him out. That's, that's, that's what it's for. It's for Americans who big recognize that person to watch. This and go, oh, I know that they'll have, they'll have a good time.
0: Nice. Well, boys, we wanted to try and keep this to an hour and we just crossed over an hour and vice talking about, about that. And, and I think that's probably, unless there's something else burning that you guys really want to talk about, I think it's probably a good time to wrap this one up today. What do you guys think?
1: Yeah. Well, I'm only going to say, you know, once again, like, uh, I don't have much to say about the current, uh, world at large, but you know, again, We'll try to be here for you guys as much as we can, um, you know, and try to you know get get through everything and uh, if at all possible, have a good time doing it. Because again, I've always have a great time with these these knuckleheads, so hope you guys feel the same. Honestly, <laughs> uh, I want to sign off for
2: everyone who saw Mike and I fighting over uh, Return of the Jedi versus the Pirate sequels. Mike, his big his big uh, you know gotcha to me was that. The twist ending of part two was undone 40 minutes into the beginning of part three. He seems to have forgotten the fucking end of Empire Strikes Back in the beginning of Return of the Jedi because the pirate sequels are derivative works of Star Wars. they based on it. Like, it is Han Solo, does get frozen into carbonite.
0: He goes to Davy Jones' locker. It's the same fucking thing. The The difference is... The difference is, Pirates was blatantly made that way. They shot the two movies together. When Empire came out, nobody fucking knew what was gonna happen in Return of the Jedi, and you had to wait three years to see it. Pirates, you waited six goddamn months to see it. I guess you waited a year. Like the the, the it's the intent behind it that is different. That's the problem that I have. Well, of with- course, but it's look, the Star Wars movies are based on the serials and,
2: and and Flash Gordon, and they took that and they synthesized it into something better. And I think the Pirates movies are based on Star Wars very much. I think that it's 100% they had him as a Han Solo. What if we made Han Solo like more of the lead? And I do think it's not so much, this is where I get into the script watching. It's not so much that I think the scripts are better. I just think Gore Verbinski is an incredible director. And I think his his talent behind the camera elevates them to a level that at the time people kind of underestimated that these are just bloated messes. But it, it, his, his talent puts them uh, in, into the top tier of trilogies for me. And I think if you watch it from what I was saying about, like, you guys know that like, you can't just go onto a boat and film a movie right like it's it's not like like a lot of people I think when they're watching it they think that they just had a camera crew following a pirate ship onto the sea and like it was it's so much fucking harder to film a movie on a boat and do all that shit they're in tanks you know they're they're at harbors and the other thing that I think about nowadays is that if they made those movies now they'd be using the volume screens for almost everything and they wouldn't really be out there but they fucking did it they did that shit and you're never going to see a movie that looks exactly like that ever again.
1: Okay. I don't know what's in your.
0: it was like okay, nerd. Whatever. Um, like, like yeah, it's just, I just feel like a crazy person that I'm. I'm friends with somebody who's literally. It's a good. It's that, it. Hey,
2: it's it's a, not a controversial take that Gore Verbinski is a better director than fucking Richard Marquand. That's all I'm trying to say. And I, but, but it seems like it is. So I, you got it. You, you got to, I, I had that take. I was fucking sharpening it in my shed for the past like two weeks. And I knew that it was going to piss a lot of people off. And uh yeah, mission accomplished. I had fun fucking with everybody on Twitter for the past <laughs> week. <laughs>
0: i i did this is like i said this was twice this weekend you did this to me like now i know how you felt during the 300 argument where i'm just sitting here going i'm losing my goddamn mind here like what the fuck are we even talking about Um, and the worst part of that whole thing was i am a big at worlds end defender and have been for years because people always like to shit on that one and i know that one's i know Fucking good dead man's chest is (laughs)
2: well in the same in the same
0: breath. I'm a huge fan of Return of the Jedi,
2: but it's just fucking like you just start going on to these ledges and you start fucking like you know fighting and you're like, Yeah, well, I don't even really believe what I'm saying right now, but I'm having fun doing it. So you know that's the point. We're 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 just movie nerds fucking with shit on, on Twitter. It's all good. And you can find me there at Liam Odin, uh on Instagram and Twitter. Um I'll try to think of something else to piss off half the world.
0: <laughs> Vice, yeah. Where I, I don't think you gave your socials where can people find you?
1: Uh, I'm, of course, on uh, Twitter at Vice Lectus, uh, talking shit. Instagram at Vice Fictis, uh, looking hot. And Letterboxd, too, uh, being smart sometimes.
0: <laughs> and you can find me, typically, fighting with Liam on Twitter at Hibachi Justice. And uh, you can find me on Letterboxd at Hibachi Justice. Uh, And, uh, you can follow the show at a four E podcast. That is, uh, the letter a, the number four, the letter E podcast on Twitter. And, uh, anywhere you're listening to us so obviously you know you can find the podcast anywhere podcasts are found um, i not sure what we're going to talk about next week we know that two weeks we've got our, our show set because we're obviously going to be talking about Top Gun Maverick especially now that the reviews for that have hit and my expectations and anticipation are through the roof uh, but next week might just be another shit show like this one we'll see we make this up as we go <laughs> along folks. so uh, indeed boys, love you let's do this again next week
1: sounds good uh, you guys take care good.